and Warm Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is week three of the NFL, and last week was a little brutal. I don't know if I've ever had a week where I've pushed on two games. Sean McVay's on my shit list. He'd be my favorite gambling coach ever if I had bet the Rams. Uh, and then the good old Saints for put both those games pushing last week. Uh, giving me not not the best start to the record uh, for the NFL. We're about six and eight, hoping to get a little better. College twelve and six, but week two is not kind. I I, I got to get better this week. Week two was a tough one. It was a very tough week. Um, I ended up a little bit in the green, but it was still very tough. Uh, mostly, just we'll get to them. But those LA Chargers. Mm. Mm. I'm done betting the LA Chargers. I'm addicted to the LA Chargers, but my yeah, God, you are. they are. Brandon Staley is driving me up a wall at this point in time. I, I cannot stand him at it. What do you do? What do you do? You do nothing for me right now. Nothing at all. Clearly is the number one coach on the hot seat. I mean, I would think, um, yeah, he, he's just, just a punching bag at this point. And he kind of deserves it. Yep, absolutely. A uh, little tidbit before we go in, something to be mindful of, a little gambling trend that might be going on this week. Mm-hmm. There are six teams that are 0-2 record-wise and against the spread. Generally in week three, that nets you if you bet those teams above 60% win percentage. So we've got six teams in there. Chargers, Pats, Texans, Broncos, Bears, Bengals. We'll talk about all those teams, but something to keep in mind. We we in the pre-show were already sort of mingling about the Jets and Patriots, which we'll get to. This episode will not be out in time, but Giants 49ers does start the weekend. Ten and a half is the spread. Um, do we think the Giants may turn a little bit of a corner with what seems to be Brian Dable taking over play calling? Because the second half of that Cardinals game looked dramatically different from the first game and first half of that game. Yes, I, I think, you know, I don't think we're going to see it tonight, um, but I think like they might turn a corner a little bit. Um, we do kind of have to tamper our expectations a little bit because they are the Cardinals. Um, but I, I will say, you know, someone kind of brought this up. You know, my my team did have, you know, kind of didn't really struggle with the Cardinals. We kind of struggled with ourselves. But someone was like, if Kyler Murray was playing, they might be 2-0. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> How mad are the Cardinals if, because Caleb Williams has already talked about how he may just take another year in college if they do get the number one pick. And he's like, yep, nope, I'm good. Because <laughs> at this point, if he wants to go to the NFL, he should just call a real estate agent in Arizona because that's probably where he's headed. Yeah, it's likely where he's going. Um, I know Caleb Williams says that. And I mean, with NIL, I mean, I guess you can do that. But I I, I need to see that to really believe that, though. I, I know he's threatening it, but man, I, I've just... We've seen quarterbacks who have been drafted and then like, you know, Eli Manning, like, I'm not playing for you. Um, but this would just be wild if you're just like, no, I'm just going to wait for a better team, hopefully next year. It is. That is one benefit, I think, of, Anna, you know, we're not talking generally talking college when we have you on. But one thing I do think what is going to happen with college is we're going to get better quarterback play because guys I do think are going to hang around just a tad bit longer, maybe mm-hmm. that extra year, gain some ex- some additional experience because they're getting paid and they're getting paid very well at some of these schools. And then that's just going to translate better to the NFL because how many times do we look at guys and go, damn, if they just stayed another year in college, they'd probably be a little bit better coming into the NFL more prepared, aka maybe Justin Fields here, who offense seems to be a little too complicated for him right now. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I don't hate that theory. I haven't really thought about that, but yeah, I could definitely see that being the case. All right, a game that we can actually talk about because this podcast will be out in time. Titans-Browns. Line is at three and a half, over under 39 and a half. I'm going to say right now, I don't appreciate the internet. The Sunday night or Monday night crew, oh my God, Monday night crew spared us the video of Nick Chubb, but then immediately I pull up Twitter or X or whatever the hell Elon's calling it this week, and I it's all over my For You page, just all yeah. over there. Everywhere. I mean, it's just like, at that point, you, you, I mean, I, I get it. They're doing it out of respect. But it's like, you might as well just show it because we're all just going to go to social media and look at it anyway. And, ooh, brutal. You definitely feel for Nick Chubb. Makes definitely scary. I hope it's not like a, like a, I don't know if people might not remember this guy, but like a Marshawn Lattimore situation when he was in South Carolina. I mean, he was a total stud and just whole career ruined from a knee injury. Um, <laughs> yeah, McGahee. Um, yeah, just, just terrifying. Um, yeah, I you really got to hope for Nick Nick Chubb. Hope everything is okay because he's literally he is a top five running back, maybe one of the best pure running backs in the game. Um, so that was awful to see. This game, I'm I'm, I'm having trouble with this game because it's like the Titans they, they surprised me last week, but then again, I, I I keep telling myself, well, they played the Chargers and the Chargers are professionals at finding ways to lose. They they lose like the same way over and over and over again. Um, but then I'm also like, do I really think this Browns team can win by more than three? Probably not. So I lean Titans here. Uh, Derrick Henry's dealing with a bit of an injury. Uh, like we kind of mentioned last week, Derrick Henry, he still is producing, but we're just kind of starting to finally see, uh, the big man maybe slow down a little bit. Um, I, I lean Titans with the hook, but ooh, I, just, I hate this game. This is going to be wildly interesting to see one, what the Browns look like without Nick Chubb. Right. Um, and two, to see was last week for the Titans, like you said, just an anomaly because they were playing the Chargers who we're going to get to here in a little bit. And they're just giving yards up to everybody. Um, not a great sign when Ryan Tannehill is thrashing you around. Um, but the bigger question here is what is up with Deshaun Watson? I have had the theory oh. that he is cooked. It appears that this will go down baseball excluded because baseball contracts do not make any sense as the yeah. worst contract ever in professional sports. I mean, probably not a great idea to give a sexual predator, what, $240 million guaranteed. Um, didn't play for like a year and a half. The game seems to have passed him by. He looks atrocious and he is dead last in our on target percentage throws um, in the NFL right now. So this might go down as the worst contract in all of sports. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. Uh, I mean, Russell Wilson comes to mind, but it's like Deshaun's actually owed more. And yeah. I mean, he doesn't, he, Russell's got different kind of baggage. It's it's like not really baggage, but it kind of is. But Deshaun, I mean, like you said, he hasn't, not playing in a year and a half. Plus, obviously the mental things that are just, you know, are going on in his head. Um, yeah. You know, that, that plays a huge role. And it's just like, someone said to me, kind of like, Kyler Murray, but someone said to me the other day, you're like, they're like, you think if like none of this happened to Sean, like he'd still be really good? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I do. But it did happen. And now he's on a different team. And yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's not looking good for, for Sean Watson. There were so many questions about what he would look like coming back because it's, it's hard enough for guys to stay in shape when they're away from football teams. But you just watch these last couple games, even when he tries to scramble, he looks slow. Um, he's not on target with his throws. It's clear. And that's the weirder part too, is like, 
you know, people, I think at some point, are unfortunately going to turn on Kevin Stefanski, but that offense was humming with guys like Baker and Case Keenum and like quarterbacks that are far less physically gifted than Deshaun Watson. But being away yeah. from the game that long, like you're cooked. I, I think it's, we're only week two. I don't want to be too volatile with it, but I, I didn't, I said it last year. I said it in the preseason that like, I just, I think the hill is going to be too hard for him to climb and, and, and this will be the worst Worst contract in dead money. I mean, he's making more guaranteed than Joe Burrow, who just signed a contract this year extension-wise. It's insane. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. Cleveland, they were just desperate. They did whatever they had to do. I love seeing Baker play better than, than his old team, though. I really do like seeing that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right. Let's start talks Chargers-Vikings. Line set at one and a half, over under 53 and a half. And these Chargers are a bunch of bums. I don't know what Brandon Staley does. This defense is pathetic. It is built to defend the pass and play with leads. And Ryan Tannehill came in there and looked like a goddamn Pro Bowl quarterback last week. It was embarrassing. And speaking of which, how do you have Justin Herbert in the offense, a very solid quarterback, be less aggressive this year? He's like bottom tier in the league um, in intended air yards. Now, granted, it's only two games, but he like what what are we doing? Yeah, it's really ugly. I mean, both these teams are just dealing with just pure ugliness. I did not expect both of them to come out oh and two. I saw something the other day that that I mean they were tr- basically saying, you know, Brandon Staley might be one of the worst coaches ever. Um, and I, I kind of agree. Uh he's definitely leading the charge in the hot seat. But then, you know, I I was also thinking. This is Kirk Cousins last year. He's probably not coming back to Minnesota, in my opinion. I, I I think they'll move on from him. I think, yeah, he's put up good numbers. They've had a few good seasons. But overall, I think the Kirk Cousins experiment, when you look at the success the team, you look at the playoffs and everything, it's been a failure. Um, so this te- both of these teams are just struggling right now. Um, I kind of think Minnesota will – probably win um but i i get it's impossible to pick between these two teams they're the exact same teams just one's an afc version and the other one's like the nfc version um i, I lean vikings just a little bit just because it's at home they did show some life in the eagles game after you know things got kind of ugly but they you know they they showed that they can kind of come back like last year's team so i lean vikings but this is just i mean just two games between two of the most underachieving teams in the NFL. Here's a question. If the Vikings lose this game, because you mentioned the Kirk Cousins situation, do you open them up to a trade and try to tank for Caleb Williams or Drake May? Do you give the Jets a call and say, hey, we're willing to depart for some assets or another team who may want a quarterback like Kirk Cousins to service this year? If if you're under the, you know, the, operation that I am where I think it's his last season with the team. Yeah. I, I think you absolutely do that. Especially if you go down zero and three, they can't run the ball. Uh, they went out and got cam acres, but I, I don't <laughs> think that's going to make a huge difference. Um, but yeah, I, I think you should totally open it. And then you could obviously acquire some draft picks. I don't even the jets don't even have like a first to send right now. Do they, or no, well, they don't owe. well, they now owe green Bay a second. I don't even know the exact. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if you have a first, you probably should ship it off um but then again you think kirk's gonna go into a division with tua and josh allen and i don't know i don't think so (laughs) go play out in the cold in the meadowlands yeah he's gonna out he's gonna outplay those two teams and i don't think so 
Yeah. Just give it a minute. I'm sure the 49ers and Brock Purdy will somehow get hurt and, you know, he can maybe ship. They definitely don't have anything. Never mind. I don't know what I'm saying there, but yeah. there will be a team of calling. And I think you you might open it up to speculation. I think also Brandon Staley, if the Chargers go 0-3, which I don't know why they didn't fire him last season when Sean Payton was showing some interest. But holy cow, man, this is it's a bad situation because this team is there's talent. It's not like this is a non talent filled roster um but he just it's weird he's like turtled he he's he used to be when he came in this like innovative coach would kind of go for it a lot more on fourth down he's not even going for it in like situations that make sense to go for it he's become less aggressive i said their bottom intended areas that was incorrect i was looking at last year's numbers i apologize correction on that they have increased that which we thought um but yeah it's a bad situation i don't have a pick maybe i would do something with the over total but I got nothing right now. <laughs> Patriots jets. The line is at two and a half over under 36 and a half. Patriots are favored and they do fall into that category of a team that is both. zero and two on the stat sheets as well as zero two in covering games. The jets players seem to have Zach Wilson's back. They've come out in support of him saying it's not all his fault. They need to do more. They need to run the ball a little bit more and make things you know, a little bit more comfortable for him. I still think he'll probably stink it up, but you know, mm-hmm. yep, <laughs> he's going to be going up <laughs> against a Bill Belichick defense that has tormented him in the past. What do we make of this game? Do you have a pick here? Are you putting down any wagers? How are you breaking this one down? This is like the first game on the board that I had like, I don't want to under a third game, but I feel pretty good about this one. I I know New England's 0-2, um, but, and I know Mac Jones is, He's a bit of a nightmare. Um, he's very frustrating to watch, but I would still take him over Zach Wilson. And, you know, I'll take their defense. Obviously, the Jets have a very good defense themselves, but I, I like the Patriots matching up against the Jets offense more so than, you know, vice versa. Um, New England's played two very good teams so far. Um, and while they haven't covered, I, they've kind of made games out of both of them. Um, so I, I like them here, I, especially. If you keep them under three, I, I really like them here. So I'm going New England. I agree with that. The number is key. I don't like anything three or above. If it moves that direction, we'll see. But I, I agree with that. Jacksonville Texans line is eight and a half over under 40 and a half. And man, for a game that we both were sort of excited for Chiefs Jaguars last week, that may have been the worst game of the weekend. I mean, that made my eyeballs bleed at times. I, I turned it off a handful of times. I came back because I wanted to see what was going on, but that was terrible. They're in a bit of a get right spot. Do you chalk that up to kind of a fluke game? You know, just second week getting a good team in the Chiefs. Things still, you know, you don't have a you have a consolidated preseason. Things aren't the, the wheels aren't going yet. Or is that signs of things to come for this Jaguars team? Um, I mean, Jacksonville, we may have jumped the gun a little bit and considering them like one of the top tier teams in the AFC. I still think they are a good team, but I think they will have their struggles just because they're a young team. Um, that that's just that's just what happens with young teams. However, they're going against Houston, it's at home. I, I really like Jacksonville on the spot. I don't like a spread that big, um, but I love them. You know, you, you tease them, maybe tease them with like the bills or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I do like them here. And if, you know, you put a gun to my head, I'd still, I'd still take them on the spread. I like it. Um, I, yeah, I, I, 
I'm not jumping off their bandwagon yet, um, but I'm certainly starting to be a little bit cautious that we might get ahead of it just a tad. Um, the Texans have been surprisingly a little bit better than I had expected. Not great. Me too. Yeah, they have they, been. They're playing a little bit. Dude, Miko Ryans might have this thing going in the right direction once they just get a little bit more talent in there um, because the roster is still pretty bare. Um, but whew, they are they're moving in the right direction. Um, all right. Let's talk your commanders versus the Buffalo Bills. Line is set at six and a half over under 40 and three and a half. This presents an interesting game. Commanders are coming in two and oh bills. There are some question marks there. Eric Bieniemy has gotten this offense sort of headed in the right direction. I mean, this is, you know, we're only two weeks, two weeks in, but right now the commanders with Sam Howell are averaging 27.5 points per game. Meanwhile, the chiefs with Patrick Mahomes are only averaging 18.5 um, points per game. Is Eric Bieniemy the quarterback whisperer? <laughs> he definitely plays a role. I think I, I love, I love hearing his interviews. He's just like so calm, but also like has this kind of like intense thing going on. I, I really like him. Um, I like the way he's running the offense. I like how I loved our screen game last week. Oh, it was just beautiful. I hope he brings the screens out more. I don't like screens in the first half. I, I For some reason, I like second half screens where you just kind of got the defense really just not expecting it. Um, and that that's what we did against Denver. Buffalo here, Buffalo is a weird team. So like they're they're built to to have a lead. That that's kind of how they are built. They're built to defend leads. They're kind of soft in the trenches, in my opinion. And that's where I think we will dominate them. I, I think our defensive line is going to absolutely dominate their offensive line. I don't really think we're going to win this game. I could see us covering. Um, you might be wondering why that total is kind of that low. We are supposed to get some bad, bad weather rolling in on, on Sunday. So do take note of that. Um, and in my opinion, bad weather, actually, that 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 benefits the commanders, in my opinion. Um, so I'm going to take us on plus six and a half. I, I don't see us winning this game, but it, if it's a close game, I actually kind of think we'll win it. But if, if we if we can't keep this close, then we will be effed and, and they could boat race us, boat race us. I just think a big, big part of it is going to come down to how much can our defensive line dominate their offensive line, which I think is possible. Do you give or do you have any concern? It feels like the last two weeks, the commanders have gotten off to a bit of a slow start, and they've done that against a Cardinals team and a Broncos team. Obviously yes. the bills are a much different beast, but even moving forward for people that are looking to bet the commanders or even in this game, the rain is definitely going to play an effect here. Is there any sort of concern as to how different these teams look half to half? Yeah, absolutely. Like that cannot happen this weekend. If that does happen this weekend, it's boat race city. I, we, we won't come back against a Buffalo team. Absolutely not. You know, what was surprising for this Buffalo team as I was, I was looking at some things and, Stats. We talk about how Josh Allen's just a madman. He's a bit of a turnover, kind of turnover prone. I was shocked to learn that he is 26 out of 32 in intended air yards per attempt. Bottom 26. He is averaging wow. about 6.4 yards per attempt. That is down from last year at 9.2. I thought that number was way higher. Um, but that sort of speaks to kind of the struggles of this Bills offense so far. They aren't getting a lot of things going. Um, this is a game where I need to see them take a little bit more downfield. I mean, you can correct me if I'm 
if I'm wrong here, but Jack Del Rio does like to play a little bit more man, which should benefit Diggs. And if they are not taking some strategic shots down the field and really trying to push it against this team, now they might not have the time and that would, that would change and weather could be a factor here. Um, but if there is some time and they're not at least trying to test that back end of the secondary, I have some major concerns for the bills moving forward this season um, and what they're going to look like uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah. It's been weird. They haven't, been quite that high flying team. Obviously, they dominated last weekend, but it's just it's been an odd start for Buffalo for sure. You know what this team? So I I I've been sort of formulating this opinion. You know what this Buffalo Bills team is starting to vaguely remind me very strong of, and it comes from our childhood. Do you want to take a guess of which franchise or period of time this Bills team is starting to remind me a lot of? I can't. I, I honestly don't know. The Chargers from like 07 to oh. 2010. Like Excellent. this team is starting to look, feel a lot like mm, that. I like that comparison a lot. Just regular season superstars and just high flying. But yeah, I, I like that. And you kind of got a madman at quarterback who can oh, swing yeah. it, but is yeah, a little yeah. bit out of his mind. <laughs> you got a nut job at quarterback. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like that's what, if this Bills organization is not careful, that's exactly who they're turning into, I think. is like that 2000 to 2010 Chargers team. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, all right. Colts Ravens line is at eight and a half over under 44 and a half. This does not apply to this week, but we need to remember this as a show that when hardball is an underdog, just blindly bet him in their last 25 games. The Ravens have been underdogs. He is 23 and two against the number. That is insane. Insane. It blew my pants off. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, that's got to be going back years because I mean, Baltimore's favored a lot. They are favored a lot, yes. And we started wow. to kind of see, yeah, we kind of started to see the Todd Munkin offense take effect last week. And I think this week is going to be another big week for this offense, and particularly Zay uh, Flowers, because this Colts secondary, we've talked, I've talked about it, we've talked about it, is trash. <laughs> Yeah, it's terrible. Um, it, it's really bad. And I, I, you know, I need to start coming around on the Ravens. I, I, I've always kind of doubted the Ravens just because out like for years to me, outside of Lamar Jackson, it's like this has been like the like most boring good team in the NFL. Like I, I, whenever I watch the Ravens, I'm like, God, this is so boring. But they just win. They they win all the time. They cover all the time. I don't like. I, I hate the number eight and a half, obviously, but. I mean, all they do is win. And this is obviously going to be a weather-affected game as well. Um, do we even know who's playing quarterback 100% for Indy yet? We do not, know. We do not. Okay. I mean, so obviously this weather would benefit someone like Anthony Richardson as long as he you know, gets on the ground. He, he needs to realize that he can't take every hit, obviously. Um, but regardless, I mean, Minshew, Minshew Mania, he could come in and kind of sling himself too. But still, just this, this Baltimore team, they just win, and they, they do it kind of – this year it's kind of looking more like a regular NFL team, but a lot of times they do it unconventionally. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd go Baltimore, but, man, I'm, I'm hating all these eight and a halves this week. 
it's tough. It's it's a big teaser city for me because the moment yeah. I see these eight and a half, I'm just like, man, I want to. I I get the teaser of tingles. Um, yep. It's like my spidey sense, but for teasers, I'm just like, oh, this is gonna be a big teaser. With me, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, we'll see how it goes. Um, kind of got the same way in college, but and this is something we talked about in the preseason that Todd Munkin I thought was going to elevate this offense um, and kind of take them to the next level. Georgia is certainly feeling the hurt of not having him as the offensive coordinator moving forward. I do like them. I think it's going to unlock Lamar a little bit more. They're still only, you know, two weeks into this. So we'll see how it goes. But the prop market is not open just yet. I don't see on this line. Like I'm not seeing many Zay Flower. I'm looking for his overs. At some point that'll come out. I'm sure I'll tweet it at some point. So make sure you're following the socials because I think he's going to have a big day in this game. Um, Falcons lines. I don't have a ton on this. Lines at minus three, over under 46 and a half. All I've really got to say is, man, the Lions in arguably one of the most important games in the last few years for their franchise just fell flat on their face last weekend. Dan Campbell needs to punt the fucking football. What is he doing? What is he doing? He's losing his mind. Punt the ball. I don't get it. Um, Yeah, I don't have a ton other than that. I like the over here. Both these teams have already scored in their past in two games. They've each scored over 50 points combined. I do like the over. I could see Atlanta, you know, obviously the, what Atlanta does just runs the ball a lot. That concerns me a little bit on an over, um, but I, I still like the over. And I mean, Dan Campbell, just stop being so crazy. Just just be, be a smart coach, please. Yeah, this is this is very fair. Um, Saints Packers lines at one and a half over under 42 and a half. Packers are favored. The Saints present an interesting challenge because I think we're both on the Jordan Love train, but this is a very good defense. It's a very good defensive front. Um, Can the Packers find some offensive success? And I guess vice versa. Can Derek Carr kind of get going again um, after not too great of a week one against the Panthers? (laughs) What what do we make of this game? What are you kind of looking at for this one? Yeah, this is a tough one as well. Like you said, Derek Carr, like, I mean, that was just, uh, it didn't look great. Um, and I love, I've, so far, I've, you know, I've, I've liked watching Jordan Love. I, I lean them in Lambeau. If this were in New Orleans, I would absolutely 100% uh, take the Saints. But I just, I don't know, man. These are two teams, two middling teams where hmm, it's just, it's tough for me to figure that one out. Yeah, I'm, I'm just staying away from it. I, I want to see both these teams. I think this is a good week. Like, we're going to finally get some really good data points on some of these teams, and our analysis can get a little bit better for some of these games because we're, we're still so early into the season. And the way preseason's going, like, we'll talk about the Steelers in a little bit. Like, there are teams that just look completely different when the regular season comes around, and it's because of how they approach the preseason. But I, I need to get a little bit better feel for the Packers as well as the Saints. I do believe in, in Jordan Love. I think he'll be good. I think this team's moving in the right direction. But... This will be a good data point game. Dolphins yeah. Broncos lines at six and a half over under 45, 47 and a half. Russ is cooked, right? Like, oh my God, dude. we're there. <laughs> oh my God, dude. I, I just watched full game very closely of Russell Wilson. And I know those numbers might look like they were pretty good. Um, like 300, 300 yards, three touchdowns. He's so bad, dude. He's so bad. Uh, so the first half, He's throwing to wide open wide receivers like he's playing for Ohio State. Just wide receivers just running wide. I mean, any quarterback could have completed those passes. And then, you know, the second half comes and he just forgotten how to play football. Um, you know, three out of those 300 yards, one of them was a 60 yard bomb at the end that ping ponged off six players and ended up in the end zone and touchdown. So, 
you know, subtract that from what he did. Um, another time, he I don't know if you saw his fumble. He fumbled it. The ball was right in front of him. And he was just like on his knees, just like <laughs> it was right there. I would, if I was a Broncos fan, I would have lost my mind. This is, I think Cody Barton comes running from 10 yards back and dives on the football while Russ is just like sitting there on his knees, just like hanging out. Um, yeah, it, it's a disaster there. Sean Payton's already talking about how Russ might need to wear a wristband. I imagine Russ's ego is way too hot, way too big to wear a wristband. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a nightmare. So give me the Dolphins, 100%. Yeah, I'm taking the Dolphins. Tua is playing fantastic football. I think the Patriots game was a good mile marker for them um, and, and kind of evaluating this team. Mike McDaniels is the dude. I I laughed so hard at halftime when he saw the cameraman and he just beelined it for the locker room. I don't know if you saw that clip, but I he got done with his interview and he just took off. Yeah. Um, I enjoy him a lot. Uh, this is a good, <laughs> this is a very good football team. Uh, so yeah, I think the Dolphins are safe there. Panthers, Seahawks, oh, man, I feel, Ugh. I feel bad for Bryce Young. Andy Dalton is probably going to play. I think is what I saw the reports coming out, um, which that that'll be interesting. <laughs> the Seahawks show a sign of life. They get back to it a little bit offensively. It was against the lions though. Um, this is going to be in Seattle. Does, the Panthers, Frank Wright, he's got to be losing his mind with just what he has from a team. Like, that is that is a poorly constructed roster. There is nobody offensively that poses no any one. form of a threat. There's no one at all. No one gets any sort of separation. The only person who ever got separation on that team, they traded away in order to get Bryce Love. How ironic. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a nightmare there. And then you got Seattle. I read something today that, Jackson Smith and Jigba is getting four and a half yards. He's averaging four and a half yards of separation on his routes. Why doesn't he have 500 yards already? I, mean, <laughs> I saw that. I was like, well, why isn't Gino throwing him the ball then? I don't understand. He has like, he's on pace for 400 yards. I mean, I know we're only through two games. He's on pace, pace for a 400 yard season while also averaging four and a half yards of separation per route. I'm, I'm blown away by that. So I expect eventually his numbers to go way up if he continues that. Um, I still don't like six and a half uh, for Seattle to cover. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I, it's another game where I'm like, I don't, I, I, I really don't know about this one. I mean, I guess I lean Seattle, but I, I, I don't like this game again. I do not either. Um, and the Panthers may want to look into investing in an offensive line because as of right now, Bryce Young is seeing 30.9% pressure on dropbacks. He is third highest in the league right now. The only two in front of him are Brock Purdy and Kenny Pickens. That is not a way to protect your investment in a tiny, tiny man at quarterback. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, exactly. He's tiny. Yeah. He's yeah, he's itty bitty. Like, what are we gonna do? We can put him in our pockets. You gotta protect <laughs> this man. What are we doing? Um, all right, all right. We move on to the Bears Chiefs. Line is set at 12 and a half over under at 40 and a half. And I don't know if there's a franchise having a worse week in the Chicago Bears. There are reports all over the place involving their DC. I don't know what's true and what's not, so I'm not gonna stick speculate but at this point in time he is no longer with the team the charges that are rumored to be pending against him are 
quite honestly, some evil shit. Um, if, if what I saw online is true. Um, but I will wait to see what actually comes out. Cause there was, you know, talks that his house got raided that Pat, uh, um, that Tillman was, was part of it. Uh, that, that, that was my, is, is peanut an FBI agent? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that. I was like, that was the, the one of the biggest shocking things. It's like, what? <laughs> yep. He retired and joined the FBI. That was a legit thing. Oh, good for him. <laughs> um, and then you had Justin Fields throwing his coaching staff sort of under the bus. I mean, it, it was a real moment for sure, which I, I, I like to see quarterbacks be candid, but what he was saying doesn't put a ton of um, yeah. confidence in you when, you know, you're this far into the NFL and the offense is too complicated. Um, don't know if I love that. Uh, I do understand wanting to simplify some things. You know, I, I do think at times offenses, you know, there's a lot changing there. Um, and right. so I, I can get maybe simplifying it a little bit early in the season because of the way the preseason sets up and getting used to it. And I, I get that. So that part of it, I also could see his frustration and the fact that at this point, they're only running him about two times a game, which is down from the average of five last year, which is just insane. You're taking away his best attribute, which is to make him mobile and add that extra man advantage and make defenses play that. Um, there was one thing, though, that I can now never unsee when watching Justin Fields, and it came via Big Cat over at Part of My Take, in which he said somebody pointed out to him that Justin Fields drops back too slow. And my God, now that I watch him, he looks like he's got cement in his feet. Interesting. I'll have to take a look at that. Huh? When you watch a game, he looks lackadaisical. Like, he is just moseying his way back in his three-step drops. That's hilarious. I Kind of just like thinking about just looking like in my head. I I, I think I kind of know what you're actually talking about. That that's very funny. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, they need to run him because that's obviously the number one attribute. Um, his, his his throwing has not been great. Um, but this is this game's tougher than I feel like it should be, just because like Kansas City has not really gotten rolling yet, and they're all of a sudden twelve and a half point favorites, and I'm like, oh my god. I mean, I think they should win by you know, double digits, but at the same time, I'm just like, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen this offense fully humming yet. Um, finally got Sky more, a little bit more involved you know, for a year. Well, I guess we're not halfway, but I feel like for a year and a half straight, I'll hear Sky more, Sky more, Sky more. And I'm just like, well, what is he going to do anything? Um, so, you know, it's good that they got that rolling a little bit. Um, I mean, I, I'll never bet on a 12 and a half point spread. I, I mean, this, in the NFL, it's, it's just so much for me. This is just another another teaser here, another teaser opportunity. And it's just annoying because we're about to go right into another 12 and a half point spread game that I feel a little bit more comfortable in. But um, yeah, this is just a tough one. I kind of lean under. That number seems a bit high to me. Uh, I know that the, the defense, especially Chicago's, is a total joke. But I, I just... I don't see this going up to into 50 points. So I'm leaning under spread. It's just, it's just too much for me to really comment on. I don't disagree. This is a teaser one. We're building a hell of a teaser like here. Folks. Massive teaser. Um, I a hundred percent agree on that offensive part. And I don't know what to make of it. We're only two weeks into the season, so I don't want to get crazy with it. That's why I was like, you know what? Justin Fields comments on the surface were, yeah, not great. 
but if you think about it, the way the preseason works, and we're going to talk about the Bengals in a little bit and their struggles, which I have a little bit better feel being in Cincinnati here. Um, I do think there is definitely something to the fact that we're just offenses are taking longer to get going. And at some point, the Chiefs are going to get going. Andy Reid is too good of an offensive mind. And Patrick Mahomes is too good for them not to at least be be a little bit more of a threat. But the cupboard's a little bare at wide receiver, and that does matter. Um I do wonder how much at play here is that you've gone from Eric Bieniemy, who we've heard so many reports about how non-involved he was in the offense, and we see what he's doing in Washington, and things look pretty good through two weeks as far as just getting implemented, to Matt Nagy as your guy that's like yeah. your your left hand. And man, is that the biggest downgrade, I think, in all of sports. That's somehow going under the radar. Um, like Andy Reid's phenomenal. We know he's the heaviest influence in the offense for sure. Mm-hmm. But I have to imagine going from Eric Bieniemy to Matt Nagy as your second brain it's got to be one of the worst transitions right now in, in, in coaching staffs. Definitely a downgrade. I mean, we've already seen what Matt Nagy has done as a head coach. It's not pretty. Um, so yeah, I, I would agree. Downgrade hundred percent. Yeah. There is one thing I, I the viewers, I think it's going to be important. It's something I am looking for. The chiefs defense. I am slowly becoming more and more excited mm-hmm. about. Yeah. This is a unit that has a potential to be sneaky. Good. Especially with Chris Jones finally coming back. Um, We'll see about depth, but the secondary, my biggest concern was that the secondary is very young and a lot of guys were going to have to make that second year jump, but through two weeks, this defense could be scary good. And if the offense can just start to put it together, I it's just throw your hands up again and be like, what, what do you do with the chiefs? I I don't understand it. So (laughs) this is one to be watching. We're not going to get a great test here with the bears. um, But yeah, I I do kind of like them in a, a teaser. Like, Cowboys Cardinals. I don't know if you've seen the news, but I saw it right before yeah. I hopped on. Diggs yeah. is out for the season. Tours ACL in practice. That is certainly definitely a, a shot to the defensive side of it because whatever you think about him from a coverage standpoint, he does influence the game with turnovers um, and is aggressive in that factor, uh, which can lead to to both positives and negatives. So you're removing that factor from this defense, but they're not going to be really tested here. I guess the question is long-term, does this really put a, a damper in, in the Cowboys, you know, aspirations this season? Or is it kind of one of those things where it's, yeah, it sucks you lost him, but it's not the end of the world at the end of the day? I, I kind of lean more towards that. I, I mean, Diggs makes good plays. He's a playmaker. But this is football. You lose Every team loses stars. It, it happens every year. And you just next man up. You play on. I think Dallas will be fine. They're still going to be just getting to the quarterback left and right. And, I mean, that's that's, in my opinion – Getting to the quarterback is more important than having a really good secondary, in my opinion, at least. Hundred um, percent agree. Yeah. So I, I just, I another giant spread, but you know the Cowboys have just kind of been kicking everyone's ass. So I, I won't bet it, but I do like Dallas on that spread, um, and I, 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 I like the ability just for you know them to put up at least thirty-five points. So we we'll probably hit the over as well. Um, yeah, I like Dallas here. The Diggs injury that does suck for them. I hate I hate it when I hear like major injuries happen in practice. I'm like shit, what happened? I'm like damn, especially on a Thursday because you know it's a non-contact injury this late in the week. Yeah, like, which is they not- barely have contact anyway nowadays during the regular season. But on a Thursday, there's virtually none, so you know it came on a non-contact. All I could think of is that uh, if you, I'm sure you remember because it was your team. D hops versus um, oh, yeah. what's the face? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, that is what is playing through my mind as far as what probably have transpired in Dallas yep. today. Yep. 
I agree. Um, Cardinals have been weirdly frisky, but yeah, this is a yes. spot where the bird's going to get shot out of the air. Um, this team total is probably something maybe to look at folks uh, for the Cowboys. Um, Cause I do, I do think they roll here. Steelers Raiders. This game is not great. I don't think from a viewing standpoint, but really good for the implications it may have for a certain coaching staff, because the Steelers come in as an underdog at two and a half over under 43 and a half. And to say this offense is anemic would be an understatement. This is like watching paint dry folks. Matt Canada is got to be the worst offensive coordinator right now. And for an organization that is incredibly loyal, I honestly think if this offense cannot find success against the Raiders defense that is allowing, honestly, for teams to get a lot of stuff underneath, they're protecting the big play, but there's a lot of ways to maneuver underneath here, which should suit this Steelers offense. If they cannot find some offensive success, leave Matt Canada on the tarmac. Do not bring him back to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. They have they are so boring. It's just just non-explosive offense. I mean, I love George Pickens. He had a huge game the other day. Um, they, you know, they need to continue to get him involved. Najee Harris, I, 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 I don't know. He's running. I, I thought he was in his shoes. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I thought he was going to be such a stud, and I have just whiffed on that big time. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is just a bad game. Raiders came off a terrible game. Jimmy G looked awful. Um, yeah, this is it's bad. I'd lean. God, I don't even know where I lean. Literally, I don't even have a lean on this game. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I will say the most shocking thing when prepping to talk about this game is how well the Raiders offensive line to this point has played. Jimmy G is only seeing pressure on 7% of his dropbacks. He's only been hit three times through week two. If you had told me coming into the season that was happening, I would say you are absolutely out of your goddamn mind. Like this is a good rush offensive line, but pass blocking was going to be a struggle. They've been fantastic through two weeks. Now they are going to get a tough test in this Pittsburgh Steelers front. Now they are without Hayward probably, you know, I don't, I, I feel like this is going to be the last season, just getting injured this early. You're a hall of famer. This is probably it for him, but this is still a very good defensive front. Um, there are going to be opportunities for the Raiders. I think to test this secondary, the injury report is going to be super interesting to watch for the Steelers. Cause there's a lot of guys on that early week. We'll see what it looks like coming out here. So I, I don't have a pick because I want to watch that injury report and see what it, it looks like. Um, but yeah, the, the Steelers offense has to be able to get something here because the Raiders defense, it's it's rough. There, there, there should be the opportunity to move the ball here. I mean, I think it was like, I, I don't remember the stat and how long this has happened, but the Steelers did not get within the opposing's 30-yard line on oh. Monday night. Oh. One play was snapped within the opposing team's 30-yard line. That's incredible. That, that is horrible. Unbelievable. Um, Pickens, though, I am putting it out there. He is nominee for next diva wide receiver. That man's out of his mind. And like, it feels like right now that the, the, I mean, we've got Tyreek Hill, but he just kind of sucks as a person. It feels like at this point in time. So he's not really diva, but like we grew up in like the T.O. era. We don't really have that in this wide receiver group right now, but it feels like Pickens is, he is skyrocketing up my, my uh, charts of like, he's going to be an interesting one to follow because he's out of his mind. (laughs) Oh yeah, he was he was out of his mind as like a rookie too. Like he's just, yeah. he's he's oh, like, crazy. George, he was a madman. <laughs> yeah, he's he's nuts. He's always getting confrontations. He definitely says whatever the hell he wants to say. Um, he's very talented, but yeah, he's he's definitely a hothead. Um, he speaks his mind. 
it, it, it could get ugly there. I agree. Yeah. And I, this is all and, a good thing. Cause I find it wildly entertaining. Like oh. it would be infuriating views on my team, but I'm all, this is all positive for me too. Don't, don't get it twisted folks. Like I I'm rooting for this. <laughs> very, very entertaining. The only thing I will say, I, I think he's a good player. The only thing I will say is, I mean, the grand scheme of things, he hasn't done shit in the NFL oh, yeah. to be talking this much. A lot of training camp highlights, not a lot of uh, weeks one through 18 highlights. <laughs> exactly. Except for that run he broke off last uh, uh, Monday night. Um, all right. Philadelphia Eagles coming to Tampa Bay to play my Tampa Bay Buccaneers line is set at four and a half over under is 46. And I'm getting a little, conf- little too confident here because I'm looking at this Eagles team and I feel like defensively we are matching up very solidly against this offense. Like, I feel like we're going to get some real pressure here. This Eagles team's, I feel like having, a Super Bowl hangover for sure, but really missing their two coordinators that they lost. Cause not only did they lose their oh, offense, yeah. they lost their DC and that it seems to be very apparent early. I think this offensive line, we're going to be able to win some matchups here and put some pressure on Jalen hurts. We've done historically very well, Todd Bowles in scheming for Jalen hurts and making him uncomfortable and kind of making him make throws that he does not like to make. Um, Baker is that dude at this point that fucks around and wins random games. I have some big concerns about us blocking that Eagles defensive line, but at four and a half, I may just put a little money and sprinkle it down and see what, see what shakes. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate it. When I initially looked at the board, just my quick initial reactions, hmm, that, that seems odd. You know, like thinking more leaning towards Philly. And then I thought about it and I was like, this isn't the Philly last year. They're not, they're, they're different. It's Jalen hurts. It's not clicking quite as well. Um, you know, like I had messaged, I think to you all, Jalen Hurts is a born winner. All he does is win football games. He's yeah, like he's he's a great person. But the, we have seen throughout his career, you know, we've seen a lot of his career because he's a, just a major football player who played major college football. There have been moments where he just kind of like can't throw the football anymore, and we've kind of seen that this year. Where I'm just like, what the hell was that? Um, so yeah, it, it's. You know, he's had one really incredible season, which was last season. Um, he's still young. You know, I, I don't think Jalen Hurts is, you know, like in trouble or anything. Um, no. But it's just, we can't really, right now, I'm not operating off of Jalen Hurts' same guy from last year. Um, he's it's just not the same. Uh, and this defense, and the crazy thing is he's, he's getting pressured a lot, which blew, like, uh, the Eagles have had a, a fantastic offensive line for what seems like the better part of a decade. And it's just like, it's kind of gone away. So <laughs> after just like really thinking about it, I was like, I got to go with Tampa Bay. I mean, Mike Evans is just dominating right now. Um, I was, I was literally about to say that dude, Mike Evans is he's in a contract year is dominating. <laughs> yeah, he's literally just shitting on everyone. So I, after really thinking hard and long about it, I was like, no, I'm going to Tampa Bay. So I, I flipped. Yeah. Tampa Bay. Dude, I am I'm I'm with you on that. Um, and and it's gonna be Mike Evans. God damn, when he's playing like this, he is so fun. He has quietly been like one of the best oh, wide yeah. receivers in the NFL. Like he's borderline becoming almost a first ballot Hall of Famer with the just the pure numbers he puts yeah. up. But he's in a contract year. He wants to get paid because it will be his last contract probably. And my God, he is bullying people. And I know people, Darius Slay, I'm I'm certainly high on. But like Justin Jefferson had had a day when they played against the Eagles. Um, 
Darius Slay, he's there's something that feels a little off. I mean, Justin Jefferson went for 159 yards and in Addison averaged 24 yards a catch. You had 72 and three receptions. Like there are some opportunities here to pick apart this, this secondary and Baker has showed decent. Like Baker is who he is. He's just a gamer. Like he shows up, he's going to be a little volatile at times, but he's kind of that dude. Jalen hurt. I'm glad you mentioned it. Jalen hurts is hilarious because he is an absolute winner. He's a team guy. He gets his teammates going in the right direction, very organized, but he has low lows but high highs. And there's just yeah. like, it, there's so much room. Like with guys, their, their floors and their ceilings don't feel like they have as big of a gap as Jalen hurts. has. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it. Um, All right. Bengals Rams line is at three over at 43 and a half. And this is as must win of a game I have ever probably seen in my life. The Bengals love to start. zero and two in the season, but they've done dug themselves an even bigger hole because it's been two divisional games. They get off to slow starts. Joe Burrow is coming in a little banged up with the calf, had the compression sleeve on today in practice. We'll see if he goes indication is sort of leaning to that. He will play. Um, the Rams offenses looked surprisingly well, but clearly things are off with Joe Burrow. Now it's only two games, but Joe Burrow is a guy who heavily relies on being an accurate on-time quarterback. And right now he is sitting 31st in the league with on-target percentage right now. Compare that to last year, he was top five in the NFL. It's been a pretty steady drop-off, number three to be exact. Um, intended air yards are down. Routes aren't great. Zach Taylor's also not been great from a play calling standpoint. Is this a week? They're going with their all whites. It's in Cincinnati. Paul Brown Stadium, Paycor Stadium is going to be loud and, and rowdy. Is this a week with a Rams defense that can get exposed a bounce back week and things start to turn around? Or do we see the Bengals just dig themselves probably the biggest hole that you just can't get out of th- starting the season 0-3? Yeah, I mean, it, it, this is like you said, just such a must-win for them. There's three teams this 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 weekend they need to win. Two, two, only two can because Chargers, Vikings, Bengals. So I mean, it's it's winner winner. You're pretty much done for in terms of playoffs. I mean, yes, teams have gone zero and three and gone to the playoffs, but it's it's really rare. And I just don't like what I've seen so far to Cincinnati. I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised that they are favored by three to be honest, because the Rams have not been an easy out. They have played pretty well so far. They've played better than I was expecting. Um, And I mean, Puka, I, I I don't know what to make of this guy. I literally don't know what to make of him. I'm like, is he going to have 200 receptions? What's going on here? Like the guy has 25 catches in two games. What, what the hell? Um, Yeah. I, I don't like, I'm worried about Cincy. Um, I can see this being a tight game. I'm not confident enough to go Rams money line, but it is tempting. So I, I do take the Rams here plus three. Um, it, it's just, it's things aren't going well right now at Cincy. No. And, and the problem too, is like, we can't even, you can't even really blame it on the offensive line. Cause Joe Burrow has not been seeing a high pressure. He's only seeing pressure on about 18% of his dropbacks. That's, towards the bottom of the league. Um, it's sitting at 21. Um, obviously the higher pressure rate is, is we're ranking that higher up there. Um, but it's just the accuracy of his ball. It's been bad. He, he doesn't look comfortable back there. And that's a real thing. This is one of those things where like, and he historically has missed the preseasons 
due to injuries and other things like game speed and practice speed are so different. And, and so much of his game relies on trust between him and his wide receivers and putting the ball in a place where they can only really get it. And now they make spectacular catches because the wide receiving core is insane, but he's, his yep. ball placement is fantastic. It just hasn't been there folks. And I don't know if that's a calf thing. I don't know if it's a preparation thing. I don't, it, it seems to be a mixture of both tailored with the fact that Zach Taylor seems to have regressed as an offensive play caller. <laughs> Folks, we got to throw the ball past the line of scrimmage. Yeah. <laughs> so many screens with this offense. Like we got to get momentum going downhill with the weapons you have, not backwards. Yeah. I'm with you on that. And I'm just wondering, like our teams just, our teams just taking everything away that, that that's deep and just having Joe throw underneath. Like, I don't know what's going on there, but they need to start scheming things up because they are too talented on offense to just be looking like this right now. It and makes I'm no not, sense to me. I'm not hitting the panic button on Lou Amarillo's defense because I'm a big Lou guy. I think he's one of the best defense coordinators in the country, but he got out-schemed by the Ravens. Oh, yeah. Bad. That was bad. bad. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it needs to be a back. Uh, this is, for Bengals fans, the panic button has been located. They're not smashing it yet, I don't say, but, you know, we... You've, you've dusted it off. You pulled it out oh, from yeah. the bed, the box that you threw it into last season. It's out. And if it goes 0-3, it's time to panic big time. Um, all right. That is it for this week. Any bets, final thoughts, parting thoughts, things to do? Uh, this, just in general, I hate this board. I, I like my, where I'm feeling most confident, and I hate to do this because I, I, I hate being confident on a team that doesn't really have a good quarterback, but he's playing a really bad quarterback. I like the Pats. I, I just like the Patriots this week a lot. I, I I agree. I've even, I'm in a survivor league, only 22 people left. I'm thinking about pulling the trigger on the Pats. I, I, I'm debating just wasting a, a bullet on one of the really premier teams, but it feels like this might be a good spot to take them in, in my survivor pool and for other people's sake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a survivor pool, I mean, if you only have 22 people left, I, I do like the idea of maybe wasting one of the one of the big teams here. So you can, you know, as you come back, there'll probably be about 16, 15 people left. But yeah, if you're in like a huge survivor pool where there's still, you know, a healthy amount of people left, I think it's a good opportunity to use an 0-2 football team in the Patriots and, and just put it on them. Yep. See, let the dice roll. Um, I'll bet out my full card. There's a couple injury reports I'm waiting on. Um, so make sure you follow at Trophy Kids Pod. Looking for a bounce back week. And next week we'll be back as always. Peace.